sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. And this morning is about parenting and in the light of um, the new laws, the anti, anti-spanking laws, I de- decided to aptly call it hitting the mark. It's like just an inside joke there. Um, your parenting. I'm going to position this, even if you're not a parent, I'm going to try and position this message that you, know, you are, God willing, a child of God currently, child of your heavenly Father. So I'm going to, you know, this will have relevance for your relationship with your heavenly Father. But I especially want to speak to the parents and uh, give us some guidance in terms of how to do it. Because, man, it is a, it is a, Quite a challenging season and era that we are in currently. You know, and sometimes things get really messy in the home. It gets messy. It can get ugly and, uh, and, and, and relationships can be strained. So uh, when, you know, some background concerning myself, my, my parents divorced when I was in pros. I was very protected until that time. I didn't really know anything about, you know, bad stuff and cussing or being exposed to wrong things, but, you know, my mom was going through a really difficult season. She was, obviously, my dad was divorcing her, and she was really struggling, and at that time, I obviously missed my dad, and I loved my dad, and I want to be with my dad, and in the midst of all of that, there's like quite a bit of darkness uh, got a hold of my heart, and I remember that I was, I was nine years old, I think, and my mom and I, we had a bit of a, a fight or argument with something, and at some point, I looked at her and I cussed her. I said, well, beep you. Ish. I don't know what got into me, but some darkness got a hold of my heart, and uh, I went to my room, and five to ten minutes later, my mother stormed into the room with a plank. <laughs> this was in the 80s. It was very legal. <laughs> She stormed in with a plank. I had the scare of my life. She got a hold of me, man, and she whacked me on the bum. But she whacked me, I mean hard. And it had a powerful impact on me. (laughs) From being a rebellious, difficult, cussing nine-year-old to a repentant, groveling, I am sorry, I remember I was in the room for a bit, and then later I went to my mom, and I went to a crying, apologizing mom. I'm so sorry. I don't know what got into me. Well, now I know. It was the devil. <laughs> the devil got into me. You know, and if we want to be effective in life, but especially as parents, we need to understand the condition of mankind. We're fallen. We're fallen human beings. Yes, mommy. Yes, your little one. That little one you think can do nothing wrong. Fallen creature. (laughs) You don't have to teach a three-year-old to be selfish or full of themselves or fight or whatever. No, it just comes very naturally. And so we need to understand that all of us have a tendency to, Star Wars terms, go to the dark side. Okay? We all have a tendency to, to go to the wrong side. Now, and as parents, and if we don't help our kids to, to come from the dark side to the light, you know, 
They will become little monsters later, 16 or 25 or, or whenever, you know. So, so I want to give you a bit of advice or tips in terms of how to do parenting and answer the question, how, what is the goal of parenting? What are we aiming at? And how can we hit that mark in the a, in a right way? Okay, so let me pray for us and then uh, I'm going to share. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word that's alive, your word that's powerful. And we pray, God, that you would guide us, lead us, Lord. I pray you speak to every one of us. Lord, I pray for our relationship with our Heavenly Father, Lord God, that each one of our hearts would turn to you today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, so I want to quickly update you on the current spanking laws. It is now officially illegal. It was one of the tool, tools in the, in the parents' toolbox, but it's now been removed. It is illegal to spank. It is illegal to threaten your child that you're going to spank them. It is illegal to slap your child on the wrist. A worship leader in Cape Town recently, a man who loves, a good man loves his children. He's having marital issues, but his wife was, I think they were separated, I'm not sure. But he gave his children a spanking. The, the wife found out. She went to the police. This two weeks ago or so. Um, the guy slept in jail for seven nights. No way. Welcome to South Africa. So yeah. Even worse. Now as happened in Europe. Your kids can be taken away from you. If you spank your child. They can literally be taken away from you. Because it's now a criminal act. It is abuse. And it's happened in Europe. So we need to determine, are we, is it worth taking that risk? I'm going to give you some guidance. And say, there's hope, there's hope, there's hope. But you could be asked in school, they could ask you, counselor can ask you, how do you discipline your child? If you say spanking, you're in trouble. So this is going to really change the dynamics uh, in our country and in terms of our parenting. Uh, especially when they're small. So we'll have to adapt our strategy, especially when they're small. Obviously, as they grow older, you have to... Uh, wouldn't work in any case. But this is the first law that I know of that is telling us that obeying Scripture is illegal. This is the first law that I know of. So let me give a few examples of the Scriptures. Proverbs 23, 13. It says, Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod on the behind, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. As happened to me when I was nine. It works. Come on. Eh? Who's had a spanking in their life and it really brought some good change? Yes. The science. We've just proven it. The science. It works. <laughs> Proverbs 13, 24. He who spares his rod hates his son. But he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Okay, so I want to highlight some principles. We have to reposition ourselves. Um, you know, I, I'm, it's actually illegal for me now to tell you to, to spank your child. I will, I will be in trouble. It's be as if I'm spanking my child right now. I am provoking um, abuse. Ah. Oh, welcome to the country. So, um, okay, so let's look at this. I want to unpack this, give us some guidance. There's hope. And I believe we can still do well. You know, spanking isn't the only way to do discipline. There are other ways to bring discipline, to bring correction. But if we love our children, we will correct them. 
So what is God looking for? What is God's desire when it comes to children? Well, he says, I desire godly offspring. I desire kids who look like me and act like me and have relationship with me. That's God's desire. That's what he, he desires. The best thing you can do for your children is to have a beautiful marriage. That's the best thing you can do. That's the starting point. Have a beautiful marriage and you release blessing. You create an environment where your kids can be blessed. So that's where you need to start. So what are we aiming at? Three things that we are to aim at. There's probably more, but I want to highlight three things that we need to aim at in our um, focus as parents. Is it to make your child happy? No. Come on, say no. 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 You want a monster? Focus on happiness. Just give them what they want. Nachmeri. It'll be the end of the game. Now the focus isn't happiness. The focus is holiness. All the young people here this morning, just receive. Just receive. It's holiness because happiness follows holiness. That's how it works. And our world is pursuing happiness and the path to happiness isn't happiness. The path to happiness is holiness. Okay, so that's very important to understand. Colossians 3 verse 20. It says, Children... Obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. God is like, wow, I'm proud of you, my boy, when you obey your parents. Okay, so parents, that's a great scripture to know. But in the same way, it reveals our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Okay, so, so the first goal you want to, now this is very important. We're not to provoke our children. We're not to be, be so hard on them that, them that we make it hard for them to obey. So don't be unreasonable in how we parent. But the first goal is intimacy through obedience. In other words, you want a heart-to-heart -heart connection with your child. The environment is an environment of obedience. Okay? I mean, you know this. When there's the moment there's a rebellion in the house, a child that's giving lip, that's being difficult, that's being disobedient, that's saying, I'd stuff you. That's not a very conducive environment for healthy relationships. Do you agree? Okay, so an environment of rebellion is not conducive to relationship. So your goal in parenting is, I want a heart-to-heart -heart connection with my child, but in the environment of obedience. Okay? So look at this, John 15, verse 13 to 14. It says, greater love has no one than this, this is Jesus, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus is saying, hey, I, I, I laid down my life for you. I love you so much. Okay, so lay, to lay down one's life for his friends. And then verse 14, now this is Jesus and he speaks to all of us. And he says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Are you seeing it? You are my friends. You have intimacy with me. You're going to connect with me. We're going to have intimate relationship if you do what I command you. In other words, the prerequisite for intimacy with God is obedience. In the same way in a parents-children relationship, the prerequisite is obedience. And we need to help our children to be obedient. So intimacy depends on, on obedience. We need to contend for the hearts of our children. You need to fight for their heart. Are you aware of what's happening in your child's heart? Because that's, that's the sort of the, the checkup. You need to check what's happening there. In the same way, if you're not a parent, you need to evaluate your own heart. How's your heart this morning? 
How's your connection this morning? What's happening on the inside? Because that will determine ultimately our relationship with God. Okay, so you need to contend for the heart. So one of the things is as a parent, guys, you need to, what is acceptable in the house and what is not acceptable in the house? What is okay behavior and what is not okay behavior? And then you need to contend. Come on, you need to be strong and courageous. Come on, say it. I will be strong and courageous. Come on, say it. I am the parent, if you're a parent. <laughs> that means you're the boss. Okay, you've been delegated authority from God. Now you are the boss. Now you need to set the stage and the environment of the home. And you need to contend for your child. So things like lying. Lying. In our house, we say, if there's lying, you are so in trouble. Because that's so unacceptable. That so misrepresents God. And then obviously then disobedience. If you don't do what we tell you to our son's 10 years old. If you don't do what we tell you, man, there's trouble. And then thirdly, a bad attitude. Yo, we don't have bad attitudes. We don't allow it in the house. So we're going to address the bad attitude. If you let it slide, it will probably get worse. And you will lose your child's heart. So you need to be strong and courageous to have, be not afraid of conflict. Say, hey, let's talk, let's chat. What's happening in your heart? Like with VR, we say, hey, what's happening? Why are you speaking like that? What, 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 what's happening? You see, compliance is different than, than obedience. Compliance is they might do it, but they do it with bad attitude. And that means the heart is not right. And if the heart's not right, darkness is getting a hold. So you want to... Challenge them on that. So with Vian, we often speak to him about the health of the heart. We say, Vian, do you want a dark heart? Do you want a toxic heart or a toxic mind? He says, no, 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 I don't want that. So then we guide him and lead him to, 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 to lead his heart back to God. Obviously, different age, ages, you need to treat it differently. Three-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old, 16-year-old. It will all be different. But the first goal is you're focusing on Intimacy through obedience. Okay, second goal. Your goal is not to make your child independent. That's not the mission. Finally, at 43, he's out of the house. <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, that is a win. We celebrate with you. Um, but the goal is not independence. The goal is dependence upon God. You want to shift your child's heart from you to Jesus. That's what you want to do. Because that's the key. Because then Jesus leads. You know, with our son, he, you know, we've been, over the years, like, at the age of five, he really committed his life to Christ. I mean, he genuinely committed his life to Jesus. At the age of six, he was baptized in water. And, and we, we've, we found in him a, a sensitivity, a softness in his heart toward God. He, had, he genuinely has a relationship with God. Since then, we, we didn't have to do any hidings because we can connect him to Jesus and Jesus deals with his heart. Okay, so, so a while ago, um, Vian and, and Sonica, they went to the shops and, and Vian was giving my wife lip, you know, he was speaking disrespectfully to her. See, now that is illegal in our home. There is no disrespect in our home. Ever. You don't raise your voice. No disrespect. 
No, we treat one another with, with respect and dignity. So anyway, so Sonica told him once or twice, stop it, that don't speak to me like that. And then a third time, he, he spoke to her. I think it was this last year or so, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a bad way. And then, and then she confronted him about it. And this was now the, the old days. Vian, you're going to get a, a hiding <laughs> earlier this year, the old days. You're going to get a hiding <laughs> when we get home. Or... You're going to pray to Jesus, and you're going to repent and ask Jesus to forgive you for your bad attitude towards me. And then Vian said, he doesn't know what's wrong with him. He doesn't want to be like this, but there's something like a darkness within him making him like rebellious. You know, the human heart has a tendency to become rebellious. And so anyway, so they went home, and then Sonica went to his room, and they prayed together, and Vian was crying. He was like, Jesus, forgive me for my horrible heart. And then a miracle happened. The light of Jesus shone in, and it was like the old Vian again. We had our boy back. Beautiful. You see, but so you want to connect your child to Jesus, and then you have Jesus give him a, a spanking. So <laughs> like, Vian, stop it. So you, that, that, that is the goal. You know, the, the rules, this is as long as you are under my house and my roof and you will, you know, you will, you know, that, of, that, that way of this is the rules and it doesn't work so well. And it only works maybe for a season until they connect to Jesus, until their heart becomes soft and they, they want to honor Jesus so they want to obey their parents. Okay, so you want to get to the heart. So it's, the, the focus is not independence. It is being dependent on God. You want to transition your child to Jesus. Thirdly, parents and everybody else in the house, your goal in life is to represent God well. Do you look like God? I mean, fathers, do you love like your, the Heavenly Father? I mean, is there love in the home? Do the children experience kindness and fun? And, and do they experience respect and love from us as parents? Because then we represent God well. But then the other side also is God is holy and he expects obedience. Otherwise, there can be painful consequences. So we also need to represent God well. You see, children that, I mean, they've done the stats and they say basically like 90 something percent of all men in jails didn't have a daddy at home. Nine percent plus of those in jails didn't have a daddy at home. Children need a daddy. They need somebody, and the man should be the one that disciplines and protects the wife from the kids. Because they easily do lip with mom. But with dad, yay, the cake for you. Stop it. You know, so we, we need to represent God well. A lot of love, but also there are boundaries. There are boundaries. You see, this, this rebellion of the human heart wants to, if there's a cliff, it wants to run off the cliff. That's basically how it works. It's like, if there's a rule, you should not, man, rebellion says, well, I'm going to go over it now. I mean, if you've tried it with your three-year-old, you will not go there, and then they will. <laughs> Checking, will you enforce the rule? You know, it's part of the human heart. We want to we wanna disobey, we want to do our own thing. And when rebellion gets a hold of a heart, it will, ultimately you can, you, can, you can track it out as a spoke about earlier in the series, you can track it out. Well, if this rebellious heart continues, then there will be rebellious activity, and then the ultimate thing will be, well, this one will jump off the cliff. There will be a lot of pain. 
You see, so when we, when we have um, allow the darkness in or allow rebellion in or whatever, it leads to pain. A lot of pain. Come on, say it. A lot. I'm going to put a barrier up before you hit the cliff. That barrier. It's like you put up a barrier to keep your child from going there. And that barrier is minimal pain so that they can wake up from their stupidity or from their craziness. So they can realize, man, if I continue on this path, there will be so much pain. You see, God works like that with you and with me. Sometimes when we don't listen to God, when we don't obey His Word, and we keep on disobeying His Word, do you know what happens? Pain. You drive off the cliff. Ow! Ow! To a loving father, he says, hey, there's some rules here because I love you. I don't want you to run in front of the truck. The truck's going to hurt you. Don't do that. So don't play in the street. A loving dad does that in the same way loving parents give their children some boundaries so that we can, what, get them ultimately to Jesus. So this is the goal. To sum it up, the three goals is this. You want to put up barriers on both sides for your child so that you can sort of usher them to Jesus. And then you say, Jesus, please sort him out. Because I can't. And you can't. You can't control someone's heart. You can't make somebody do. They, can, they might be sitting down, but they're saying, I'm standing inside. You know? Only a miracle from heaven can, can, can cause a heart to be changed. Amen. Only a miracle. And as parents, we need to usher our children continuously into that place where they can encounter the living God. Not religion. Not dead religion, not Bible stories that seems like fairy tales. No, encounter the living God so that they, their hearts may become soft and gentle and turn to Jesus. And then Jesus leads them. As with me, 18-year-old. 18-year-old, turn to Christ. The first thing the Lord says to me, Andre, you hate your mother. I'm like, you're right. I didn't realize that. I hate my mom. We couldn't be in the same room for... Eight years, we would just fight. And then the first thing the Holy Spirit says to me, Andre, make right with your mom. So I went home. I was a student, first year student. And I went home over the holidays or weekend. I remember sitting in my room and I'm like, man, I need to make right now with my mom. But something inside of me, I don't know, it's like something got into me, darkness. I was like, I need to go tell her I'm sorry. I need to go tell her I love you. And when I think love you, I think I want to vomit. That's how I feel. I know it's horrible, but that's how I felt. I had this hatred, absolute hatred for my mom. But now Jesus is getting a hold of my heart. So he says, Andre, if you want relationship with me, sort out your heart. So now I'm like, okay, Jesus, help me. So it's just before bedtime. I go to her room. I go to her and I say, mom, please forgive me for all the stuff I've done. I mean, I gave her hell. I, she called me to her friends, the child from hell. I gave her hell. And I went to her and I said, Mom, please forgive me for all the pain, everything I've done to you. And then I said to her, I love you. And I kissed her and hugged her. I walked out of that room a free man. And our relationship was restored. And it was beautiful. But I had to lead my heart. In the same way, some of you need to lead your hearts in terms of your relationships, your marriages. You need to lead your heart. Some of you feel dead towards your spouse. Some of you say, man, I'm on the edge of divorce. I'm over this. No. Lead your heart back. 
Lead your heart. Love is a choice. How's that for a surprise? Oh, Hollywood fell in love. What? You fell into a hole. What? And now you fell, fell out of the hole. Where you fell in falling out of love. No, love is a choice. Come on, say it loves a choice. Fight for the heart of your spouse and your children. You have to. Otherwise, you're going to be like so many families that we haven't spoken to one another in 10 years. No. Fight for the heart. But the moment you get connected to Jesus, then Jesus comes and says, hey, let's talk about this heart. Let's sort this stuff out. Let's sort this attitude out. It works like a dream. But you need to put in those barriers. Pain, pain, minimal pain to prohibit cliff pain. Pain, pain to get them to Jesus. And some of us need to, um, you know, some of us think love means I give the young person everything they want. It is not. A teenager that's rebellious and difficult gets nothing. No, they don't get the car keys. No, they know they get more money. They, you are empowering them to drive off the cliff. You are sinning against your child. If you don't deal with a bad attitude. No, well, I hope it's going to sort It won't sort out unless they have an encounter with Jesus. And unless you bring correction, discipline. He who hates his child does not bring correction. Do you love your child? Do you love them? Then you bring correction. You have those difficult discussions. You say, hey, I'm seeing something. I'm seeing something. You're giving your mother lip. What is this attitude I'm picking up? What's going on in your heart? Have those discussions. Okay, so, so quickly a few things. So you want to partner, a few partnerships you need to do, four partnerships. Partnership number one, you need a partner with God. So you need to pray, say, God help me, I don't know how to, every child is different, how do, how do I work with this one? Lord help me. So you need to partner with God. And then you need to discipline them, give them short term pain to help them to get to their senses. So what would that look like? It would look like a parent, even as they go older, sometimes you have to let your children fail. If he's beginning to do drugs, then you need to get hectically, intensely involved. Maybe phone the police, pick him up, you let him get the scare of his life. He's, and he's just had one puff so far, but I'm in your face. Because if we go down this path, it's a nightmare. For a three-year-old, it might be to no TV, no sweets, no, you know, for this afternoon or whatever, or this for the next hour. No, you know. But you need to determine what pain will help them to wake up to, to what is happening on the inside. And then you need to have the conversation. You say, hey, and on every level, every age group, you need to have the conversation. Hey, let me explain to you why. Because I don't like what's happening in your heart. And if you keep on this path, there will be a lot of pain. So I'm, gonna, I'm helping you because I love you. So I'm taking this away from you. So go to your room. If they're a little bit older, go pray and sort out yourself with Jesus. But let there be change in the heart. So you need to partner with God until that miracle happens in the heart. Until the grace of God flows in. So you need to be strong and courageous. And then you aim at God. I'm trusting for my child a humble heart, dependent upon God. That's what you're aiming at. You aim for the heart. That is hitting the mark. So you need a partnership with God. 
You're in a partnership with your child, they need to buy in. You're in a partnership with your spouse, agreement, and you need partnership with your church. Okay, so let's look at Hebrews 12, verse 5. It says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. In other words, God corrects because He loves us. For whom the Lord loves, come on, say loves. Whom he loves, he corrects, he chastens and scourges and scourges. Basically, feeling some pain. Every son whom he receives. And there have been times in my life that I had a, not a great attitude or not a great, you know, on the inside, even as, as, a, as a believer. And I wasn't listening, wasn't listening to my wife. And my wife was saying, Andre, I think this is a dummy idea type of thing. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And so I wasn't listening. And then... It blows up. Do you know what you do then? Then you humble yourself and you learn to listen to your wife. All the ladies say amen. 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 That's part of this process, this journey of humility is to learn to trust your partner, your spouse, and to receive input from one another. Be a partnership. Be a team. Sonic and I, we are much better together. Than when we're all just each one doing their own thing. It's like God sets it up. He puts some wisdom in your spouse. He keeps you blind, guys, for some stuff. And he puts something in you, in your wife. And unless you hear her, it's going to blow up. Same other way around as well. Ladies, God's put something in your husband. Some brilliant, brilliant wisdom for something. Only every now and again, okay? Only every now and again. I, can, I see you like, you're like doubtful here now. <laughs> and then that is what you need to receive from your partners. Like, oh, the lights come on, beautiful. That's how we should do it. Partnership. Okay, so the first thing is partnership with God. God is a God who corrects because He loves us. A good father, a good mother corrects. Because they love. They also obviously love and encourage and celebrate all the good things. Okay? Then secondly, partnership with your child. You can't, even from a young age, three years old, you must partner with your child. You must say, hey, these are our goals. For some of us, might be, our goal is not to kill one another on this holiday. That is the goal. Okay? But you have a goal. Like, spiritual goal. Academic goal, sports goal, friends goal, but you have a goal. And so you communicate with your child and you get buy-in from them. This is with us when we play board games. That is when it, that's chaos in our house. Board games. So my wife, when Vian and I said, we're going to play board games. And Sonic is like, what are the rules? <laughs> then we have a house meeting. <laughs> no, we will not whine. She's speaking to me now. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, Vian, you will be a good loser because daddy doesn't like losing, unfortunately. <laughs> I must confess my sin now. But every parent knows that if you've, you've clobbered your child for the third time and you see the tears, you're like, okay, throw the game. Throw the game. Now I must throw the game. It's very hard, but I do. <laughs> so, so, so you have a chat to your child, doesn't matter what age they are, and you discuss... What are the goals? What are we aiming at? Um, we like to see you pass matric, you know, or whatever it is, depending how bad it is. But like, what are we aiming at? 
And then you explain to your child the implications if we don't do it this way. Like, do you want to live on the streets? <laughs> Would you like to be chosen for that team? Well, then we're going to have to work hard. You know, so just so, so spell it out. You know, engage. And with the board games, we have some rules. And then we have wonderful um, playing of the game. But the same way, when we go on holidays, when Vian was small, we'd say, okay, Vian, what are the rules? And then he rip goes through the rules. <laughs> and then Vian, what happens if you don't obey the rules? No, Daddy, then pain. Okay? Old days, it was called a spanking. Pain. Okay? <laughs> so you get agreement about what is the game plan, what are we aiming at, and what are the consequences. Okay. So there you have some of the, uh, the four, four points. The first one, engage with your child. Explain what are we aiming at and get his buy-in, her buy-in. Secondly, that's getting the buy-in. Okay? Thirdly, then what is the strategy? What are the railings we're going to put down? And, and part of the railings would be you want to help your child to feed on the good. And you want to cut out feeding of, 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 of the bad stuff. Now, I don't know if you've seen this. But we've seen this with our child, and I've seen it even with myself. Too much games causes to change them. And who's seen that in their kids? Too much movie, too much games, too much all those things. They're feeding on all those bad stuff, and the result is it's like, who are you? I want my boy back. And I'm tired of this lip and this attitude and this whatever. So Sonica now, this past week, she said to me and Vian, so what's the game plan for the December holidays? My wife plans early. What's the game plan for the December holidays? And so Vian comes to back and he says basically, the first week of holidays, no games. Because I want my heart to be right with God. Come on, 10 year old. Some 45 year olds also need a year. <laughs> And he said he's going to spend time with us in the mornings with worship and prayer and reading the Bible. As we're going to, because we spend time with Jesus every morning. For an hour, hour and a half, we spend time with Jesus, sometimes more. We spend time with God. And he's going to join us in worship. He's going to join us in prayer. Man, and he's his decision. So you partner, you put out the goals, you engage, you discuss. You don't just do, this is my house and you will do what I say. That doesn't work. You'll get compliance but not obedience. You engage, you make them part of the game, and you say, hey, let's go somewhere. Same with your relationship with God. It's like, Vian, this heart, this bad attitude, this hurts the heart of God. This, this darkness, this, this, bit, this anger, this whatever it is, this hurts the heart of God. Do you want a, a living relationship with Jesus? Yes, Daddy, I want. So let's deal with it. Okay, and some of us here also, we need to deal with our hearts. We need to deal with the things on, on the inside that's not so great. So thirdly, you need a partner. Well, the last one there is then feel the pain is basic consequence. What are the consequences if this plan isn't uh, implemented correctly? Then what are the, the feel the pain part? Okay, there needs to be some consequences. Okay, come on, parents say, I can do this. You can do this. You have to. You have to. I'm sure some of the teenagers here are like, oh no, no, stop it. Don't tell them. The third partnership is, you know, a partnership with your spouse. Agreement is critical, guys. It's war. It's war. 
And the enemy will take you out if you're divided. They will. Three-year-old will take you out. I'll tell you. They will take you out. They check for you. They know. So you need unity. The man tends to be more disciplinarian. And he should be the one that disciplines more. The mom tends to be more. Oh, my poor child. Don't hurt him. He will not die. Okay, he will not die. Okay, you know, we're not going to hit them anymore, but, you know, not, not, they're not going to die either way. They're not going to die by sitting in the room or being grounded or not having a phone for a month. Can you imagine? Oh, he's going to die. He will not die. Consequences. Be the parents. And then you need to be unity. Have unity with your partner. It doesn't help like the one is trying to discipline and the other one says, No, stop. Stop. Divided. Gonna be a nightmare. Now you have agreement. And then even if you think it's a little bit harsh now how daddy's doing it, then you still, yes, that's how we do it. Mommies, stand together. Stand together. Otherwise you're gonna have action. Okay, we'll be a mess. The agreement is critical if you want to have, keep your trial, put the railings down and keep things on track. Verse 7. He was 12. Verse 7 says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. If you get correction, if you receive correction from God, then you are truly a child of God. If you get no correction from God, you're not truly a child of God. Because what? We need to change. We need to be better. We need to have healthier hearts. We need to have healthier behavior. So if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Are you seeing it? What child, what son is there that a father, again, father, the man actually needs to, I know it's complicated, divorce and those type of things. But it says, but if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. So what does it mean for you and me today? There's probably an area of your life that God is wanting to speak into right now, as he did with me and my mom. Hey, do you realize you need to sort this out? Hey, do you know that relationship's not in order? Hey, do you realize that your wife is dying? You have not taken her out for, for a supper in ages. Flowers, 1995. When the World Cup, that's when you last gave her flowers. You know? The Holy Spirit is a healing spirit and a spirit of relationship. And he wants to say, hey, make right. Make right. Invest in one another. Love well. If there's no chastening, illegitimate, not truly a son. So if you want your child, your daughter, your son to truly be a, a son or a daughter of you, you must bring correction in a loving way and a firm way. Almost finished. Verse 9. Furthermore, we've had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? Isn't that beautiful? And live. When we allow God to say, I say, whoa, 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 you're going off track. You're going to drive off the cliff. Stop it. Stop it. Turn. It's called repentance. Turn back to Jesus. Come on. Turn back to God. And you shall live. Okay? So you need to partner with God. You need to partner with your child. You partner with your spouse. And you need to partner with the church. Last one. Ending off with this very shortly. Verse 10. It says, for they, the parents, indeed, for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he, for a prophet, God for a prophet, because he loves us. 
That we may be partakers of His holiness. You see, that we might become holy. And holiness depends on a, a healthy, holy heart. Verse 11, now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Okay, come on guys, say painful. If your child isn't experiencing pain, you are not disciplining them. You can have another movie, my boy. No, there must be some pain. There must be something that, that they must feel the consequences of their attitude or behavior. Nevertheless, afterward, come on, say afterward. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Man, I'm just blown away with, my, with, with our son and the grace of God. Because it was 32 years ago when my parents divorced. And we went through hell. And now to have a boy who's, who knows peace, who knows joy, who knows Jesus. And has a healthy heart and he's secure. It's the opposite of what I had. What a privilege. You can make a difference for your child. You can create that environment. You can do it. Come on, let's say I can do it. For some of us, it's, yes, yeah, I can get married, and I can get pregnant, and I can have a child, and all the rest. Okay, so you can do it. Holiness is the goal, not happiness. And so I want to encourage you to invest in your, in your child's heart. And you put up those railings to direct them to a place where they can get good input. In other words, minimize all the negative stuff. Wrong music. My son just listens to worship music now. My lack of worship music. He is dancing and having fun. But good music, you know, so, so, so to direct them to church. Hey, we're going to church. Why? Because I don't want you to go to hell. <laughs> That's a good place to start. I, I'm, we're going to church because I don't want you to be separated from God for all of eternity. I, I, are we going to church because I love you so much and I'm trusting that you're going to encounter Jesus and your heart's going to shift and you're going to love Jesus with all your heart. Communicate. If you don't say it, who will? So bring them to kids' church, to youth, to Sunday services. That's the one area of input. The other area of input is in the home. Do you do devotions in the home? Do you pray together? Do you worship together? Or is it just a meaningless ritual? You're just going through the motions. No, pull them in. Make them part. When you're reading the Bible, and what I do with Vian, I say, Vian, come sit next to me. And then I, he gets his Bible. And I said, Vian, okay, Psalm 63, open up. And he reads and I read. And then he asks me questions. And I'm helping him to connect with God. Or put up some kids' worship music and you worship with your kids. But make it fun for them. Amen. So what are we aiming at? We want our kids to have humble hearts connected to God. And then Jesus takes over the parenting. It's about dependence upon Him. And then something beautiful can happen in their lives. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.